Welcome back, everybody, to the Nosebleed Sports Podcast. I'm Chris Witt, and with me, as always, is Mr. Adam Schmidt. Adam, how are you? Couldn't be better for what we're about to see here. Ladies and gentlemen, we're just going to get right to it. Today is probably the greatest day in Nosebleed Sports Podcast history. Jot this down. Episode number 230, 230, whatever it is, it'll be the greatest episode ever because Mr. Andre Edwards, our Bengals insider, previously with uh, LockedOnBengals.com, the the voice of Debonair, and soon to be the voice of of the Nosebleed Sports Podcast after I was ridiculed for my 13 and four. Ridiculed. And then halfway through the season, laughed at even harder. And I said, they can still lose. They can only lose to one fair, game. To be fair, you laughed at yourself in the second half of the preseason. I did. <laughs> I, also, I, also, I also stood up and I said, I, get a, I got a whole game. I felt good. Yeah. I didn't feel good. We had a tough schedule. Our second half schedule might have been the toughest in the league. Yeah. Faith, baby. My faith. Put my faith in the Bengals. And we will talk about the Bengals. But Andre, let's go ahead. You lost the bet. I did. I lost the I lost the I first did. year. Adam lost the second year. We're in year number three. And the Bengals insider took it down. Which means we finally get to hear the golden pipes. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I don't know. how about rusty? Can, can gold get rusty? Because these are some rusty pipes, boys. Let me tell you. Hey, it does. It doesn't matter how rusty they are. I've I've heard the voice before. I mean, you can go on iTunes and listen. You can. That that actually might be a better move. <laughs> if I were thinking, <laughs> I would have just hit the play button and let it roll. But yeah. <laughs> Here's the best move for you is just to direct everybody to the episodes that Chris and I had to sing. Yep. And then, you know, next to yours, you're going to yeah. sound pro. Yeah, go back go back approximately a year from today and then yeah. today, watch those episodes first and then come back to this one for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, I feel I still feel like I might have had the best singing voice in the oh, history. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, for sure. <laughs> and... Like, I got to give both of you credit. You guys are both fully committed. Like there was, there wasn't like a snippet or let me sing a quick chorus and get in and get out type of thing. Like full on commitment of I'm doing a verse, I'm doing a chorus. Like it was, it was money. It was money for both of you. I got to commend both of you. I Adam got the most comments we've ever had on a podcast. When he oh, sang for sure. About how good people yeah. thought he really sounded. Yeah. Me on the other hand, me on the other hand, I will never sing anything with a high note. If I were gonna do this again, I'm keeping it low, and I'm keeping it slow. Yeah, and I ain't getting boys the men. Boys the men was bad for me. I tried to get too into it. I feel like I feel like I got way more. I feel like I got way more where that came from. Ah oh, man, and it was he, great. I love it. Let me tell you all the comments we got from my singing episode, all family, so that counts as zero. <laughs> All right, Andre, what have you decided that you are going to sing a cappella for us on this beautiful day? Let me just be very clear about this. This is Andre's nighttime 
about to go to sleep voice. So uh, you're making it much, much, much more difficult on me than it should be. But um, given that I am by far the uh, oldest person on this podcast and uh, I'm an old soul at that, uh, I thought I'd go with a little bit of uh, the Reverend Al Green. So, um, I love it. Do I need to leave? Do we need to leave the room? Like when Adam did it, he made yeah, right. It, we had to like close our eyes leave. and turn around and like <laughs> you need me turn the camera off. I think uh, I just averted my eyes, so I couldn't <laughs> see. You. Uh, let me see. Uh, all right. And as long or as short as you want, like take what it's all, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I'm so in love with you, whatever you want to do is all right with me. Cause you made me feel so brand new and i wanna spend my life with you we say since baby since we've been together ooh, loving you forever is what i need and let me be the one you come running to and i'll never be untrue oh baby Let's stay together, loving you whether, whether times are good or bad, I feel sad. That's all I got. Oh, my God. That was, that was everything I wanted and more. Oh, that was everything I wanted and more. Oh, man. That is four billion times better than anything we could ever even attempt you know what i like about so here's the deal adam kind of like he didn't try to get too high and he didn't try to get too low i attempted to get way too high andre can just go wherever the hell he wants <laughs> yeah that's so much range <laughs> it is. oh my god that's so great i'm so happy you finally lost i've uh, never been so happy for you this to lose. Sucks. This, this is the worst feeling ever <laughs> I have a couple things. Number one, this we have to shut down this specific bet because we can't say <laughs> no, no. we no. can't do that anymore. No. No, we're done. So we gotta bet something else maybe next year, or just we'll just have to come up with a way just to make him lose every year. But <laughs> but anyway, I, I mean, I don't know. I don't even know what to say. The, so, bet, the bet is the bet has been paid. The debt has been paid. Thank you. Incredible. Thank you very much. So incredible. I can't wait. Do we have to copyright anything since we no. used your voice on this? I don't think so. I think it's fine. I think it's fine. Okay. I'm, I'm pretty sure the Reverend ain't listening in on the on this. We're all right. We're good. I'm going to get a call from Al Green's people tomorrow. Yeah. Hey. <laughs>
He sounded better than Al now. Hold on now. Um, all right, Andre, let's get into let's get into the, the real talk here. The Bengals, um, it I don't know how to I, I was trying to figure out exactly how to say this. The Buffalo game. We'll start with the Buffalo game in the playoffs. It was a it was a whooping. Like it was there was never a chance we were in charge. It felt expected. Yeah. Which was the, it was the weirdest game, the weirdest feeling I've ever had watching the Bengals play football. I I expected them to win a playoff game. Yeah. We move past that and we get to Kansas City. And it does it feel like this is something we are going to be we're going to have to deal with for the next five years or longer? Is it just going to be us in Kansas City? So it feels crazy, crazy weird. So I went to one. I went to the Baltimore game. Um, I went to the Buffalo game, and I went to the Kansas City game. Um, wow. Let me tell you what, Kansas City deserves all the praise that they get from a fan base perspective of that stadium being loud that is the loudest venue i have ever been in from an outdoor stadium perspective ever like it is unreal how loud that place gets when the opposing offense is on the field it is nuts um but super fun like super fun um but yeah i it's very difficult for me as a Bengals fan, as a lifelong Bengals fan, to wrap my brain around the idea that we have entered an era of consistently competing for titles, right? Like, sure, we haven't won one, and I'm not saying that, you know, one is coming and that we're destined to win one, but the fact that you're consistently in the mix is the feeling of what it seemed like friends of mine who were Pittsburgh fans or friends of mine who were Baltimore fans who consistently year in and year out have an expectation of being in the playoffs doing well in the playoffs and competing for Super Bowls and I think these last two years like last year was so much of a I'm just so happy to be here and experience this whole process to this year, to your point of like, no, I expect to win this game. I'm not saying 27 to 10, but like, I expect to win this game and they should win it by, I mean, personally, I bet, I bet the cover. I think that, I think the spread was eight points or whatever it was, or 10 points or whatever it was at that point in time. And I bet the, I, I, I bet that they would cover. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I think we've reached an era of, there's a level of expectation that has been raised. I think when during the Marvin Lewis era, it was, please just win a playoff game. Please just win a playoff game. And yeah. we've raised that bar. They've raised that bar to, man, we could actually mess around and win a Super Bowl. So do we want to talk about the Kansas City game at all? Or do you just want to get into next year? I'm going to leave that up to you. I'm going to leave it up to you. So – I asked you guys for a week between the end of that game and coming on here. One, in part, because I know I lost the bet and I had zero voice after screaming my head off at the Kansas City game. Mm-hmm. Um, but two, I was an emotional mess from 
being in the stadium, not always fully understanding what was happening and what was going on, having Kansas City fans being like, wait, we're playing third down again? Or, yeah, wait, you can't reach a ball out on a spot, pull it back on your own and still get credit for for progress. Like, that's just not the rule. That's not how it works unless it's the goal line. Like, that, that's just not how that works. Um, so I, I probably would have gone on some extremely long rant last week that just wouldn't have been productive for the show. So I don't mind talking about the Kansas City game. Um, clearly, there were some questionable at best calls um, or non-calls. Um, I probably have more beef with the procedural mistakes. Like judgment calls of was that holding? Was that a block in the back? Was that roughing the passer? Those are all judgment calls that, that a ref needs to make, right? And they get but, missed. They get missed in all the, time. All the time. All the time. All the time. And so – yeah, as a Bengals fan, am I upset because they missed those calls and it seemed like they went against my team? Yes. But with that being said, the procedural things make the missed calls seem even greater than what they would normally be. When right. you miss spot a ball on the third down and have to re-spot the ball, like what are we doing? Yep. When you, again, when you don't know the rules of forward progress by sticking out a ball only counts at the goal line. Period. Like, that's the only time you can reach a ball over, break the plane, pull it back, and you're still good. That changed from what would have been a fourth and one where Kansas City potentially kicks a field goal instead of going for a touchdown at that point in time or, or getting the first down and eventually scoring a touchdown. You know, that changes, and we lose the game by three points. So, I mean, that potentially changes the entire complexity of the game, right? Yes. Um, so things things like that are what were extremely aggravating as as a fan sitting there. So here's here's my beef, and you tell me what you think about this. This is there's only one thing that if I'm the NFL, I change because of that game. You know, rules were changed in that uh, Mahomes versus uh, Allen game two years ago. You know, for for reasons with overtime and all that. If I'm the NFL and that was the biggest game in the playoffs so far, that felt like the Super Bowl up to that point. And everybody was talking about the game. I was listening to Dan Patrick, and apparently they take like an all the all-stars of the refs and put them together in the yeah. playoffs. Why in God's name, if you have referees and uh, the entire referee group why do they split? They've got cohesiveness. They are together for every game all year long. Why in the playoffs would you split up these? What is it? Six guys, five, six, seven, 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 seven. guys. Why would you split these seven guys up and have them work with a totally different group of people? Yeah, I that mean it's it's the it's the equivalent of you guys doing this show for two hundred and thirty shows, and on two hundred and thirty one. I'm like, all right, Chris, you're going to be paired with Rick and you and Rick do the show and expect to have the same cohesive. Now, Rick may be a fantastic host and he may be great at what he does individually, but the combination of the two of you together isn't what the combination of you and Adam is together. Right. And so I appreciate the idea of rewarding the best individuals, 
but perhaps they should take a look at rewarding the best group of referees because look i'm really good hypothetically speaking at you know rules and the rule book i study the rule book in and out i know every single rule you're good at you know making judgment calls and being able to stand by those and being like nope this is exactly what i saw this is how i saw it great adam is good at, a, at another part of of what we do and and without all three of those pieces working very well together you get two guys who are really good at the rule book but nobody who's really good at another piece of things is when problems arise like they did during that game like the third down spotting the ball pumping the clock yeah. back they pump it to 10 and then they go and spot the ball and then they go all of a sudden they're blowing the whistle which that's the other thing they said it's so loud in kansas city it is city had the ball yeah it was still yeah. that loud when kansas city yeah. had the ball. when i say when i when i tell you it was insane how loud it was in that stadium like even when they were quiet it was still loud that's what I'm saying. Kansas City had the ball yes. when all that was going on. So that's yeah. when they're supposed to shut up. Yeah. yeah. So that, that's impressive to me, I guess. Give Kansas City their props. But in the end, I don't – the only thing that – the only argument I have is with is, is the referees will do a better job if they're working together as a team that they've been with for 18 weeks. Right. I, I don't understand that at all. That's the yeah. one thing I think should be changed. Because to be honest, I think the Bengals got beat in that game. They had two opportunities with under with under five minutes yeah. to win that game. Two opportunities. Yeah, I'm, look here. You're going to tell me before the game starts. You tell me, Andre. I'm going to give. I'm, I'm going to give you a tie score. I'm going to give Joe Burrow the ball with two minutes left and two timeouts. You good? Sign Let's me go. Up. That's a W right there, baby. Sign me up. Let's go. Right. Like, and I don't care. I don't care where the ball is. I don't care what's happening. Heck, and you even tell me like, and I guarantee you at least one first down. Yeah. Right. So yep. you guarantee, you guarantee me at least a first down. So that means I don't, I don't care if it's first and 10 on the two, you're guaranteeing yeah. me at least one first down. Joe Burrow's got the ball two minutes left with two timeouts. And all we need is a field goal. Let's go. That's a wrap. Yeah. hundred percent. All right. I, do you have anything you want to talk about the rest of that game about? I don't even. I really don't want to talk about that game that much at all. I just wanted to get out the referee side. For me, that irritated. Well, the only thing I, you know, I, I want to automatically look at the least penalized team in the league getting yeah. so many penalties. I mean, that's. I think that's bigger than the officiating. Um, I, I don't. I don't know. I mean, like I guys, said, on the, like I said, it. at that point, the Bengals were getting beat all game. I felt like the Bengals were getting beat in that game. And so we were lucky. I feel like we were lucky to have an opportunity. Maybe not lucky. So, I don't just yeah, I don't I don't I would not say lucky. I would say the defense played very well. They right. Did. The defense did their job. And and football is the ultimate team sport. And as yeah. much as the offense sputtered in the first half, the defense did the job of holding Kansas City to three points instead of seven. And if you if you take it at that of man, the offense started real slow but the defense held a minute and then the offense came on and did what they were supposed to do. Like that felt about right. And it's not like we haven't seen the Bengals do that before. Right. Yeah. Uh, takes, takes a minute to get started. And then all of a sudden, boom, here we go. So um, 
I don't know. I wasn't nec- I wasn't necessarily surprised. And I mean, let's be very clear. The two times that we've played Kansas City before, we were down 11 points and 18 points or what? You know what I mean? Like going into halftime. So for me, I was like, oh, crap, we're only down seven or whatever it was going into halftime. This time I was like, hey, <laughs> this, is, this is right where we want them, boys. Let's go. <laughs> let's go. Exactly. I'm with you. It just it just felt it felt like it was it's always tough when we play them. It's been under it's been a three point game or less every time we played in the last what the last five times. Yeah. And and it's gonna be a tough game. It felt like they well, they were winning most of the game. We had to make that comeback. But like you said, two minutes and forty seconds, two timeouts, and the ball. And we had the ball before that as well. Yeah. And it is what it is. But the but as much as I complain about the officiating, in all honesty, the biggest part of the game was we were we we had what was it, eleven penalties or something like that? I don't even know what it was. The least penalized team in the league. That's what keeps us in games. It's gonna kill you. And 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 uh, the hurt offensive line got exposed finally, by finally came back to bite them, right? I think of, I think you know, people want to complain about we didn't do enough on the offensive line to fix it and, and this, that, and the other. You can't lose three starters in three consecutive weeks. You just can't. I, mean, I, I don't care what team you are. I don't care, you know, what league you play in. You can't lose three starters on the offensive line against a very good, a very good defensive line with an elite player in Chris Jones on it and expect to succeed. They, it's one thing to do it for a week with one player. It's one thing to do it for two weeks or maybe two players. Like you're trying to do this on multiple weeks with multiple players is just tough, man. It's yep. so, so, so hard to do that um, because the other teams are now watching film. They see what your weaknesses are. They see a Max Sharping who they didn't have film on. And now they're like, oh, okay, this is what he does wrong. Oh, Akeem Adeniji, who was okay for a couple of games. Oh, this is what really gets that dude, right? Jackson yeah. Carmen, who actually played relatively well at, at left tackle. Like, I'm not I'm not at all complaining about what, what he did, but he's also just another person that you're tentative and unsure about, and you have to game plan and compensate for, all right, are we going to need some help over here? Are we going to need some help over here? Do we need now need help up the middle? Like, you, you can't help everywhere. I totally agree. So that game's over. I hope to God. Help me, please. I can't say this is that. No, that this continues. I want more than anything for Burrow Mahomes to be the new Manning Brady or whatever else is out there. I love that. I want to play these guys every single year and I want it to be fun because they like each other. I love that. It's a, that it's, it's good. It's not a, we want to beat you up, you know, whatever, right. William, whatever the guy from the Niners after getting your head kicked in and you just throw an Eagle across the field. Right. I don't want it to be like that. I want it to be great games every time, tough losses, no matter who loses, but competitive. And I would take that, Forever, as long I, I'll, that's that's what I want, and if we can continue this, I'd love it. But there's one way to continue, and we're gonna have to put a team around ourselves. You know who the free agents are, the big names that are out there: Bates, Bell, 
um, Hearst, Flowers, D-Rine, Pratt. Pratt, Sharping, which whatever. Um, I mean, Eli Apple, obviously yeah. he's walking. Yeah. But so, so they're going to pay Burrow. And as much as I, as much as I love all Cincinnati fans and we want, we want Tom Brady to come here with his billionaire wife and not take as much money. But if you think about Tom Brady, when he signed his second contract, he still wasn't that dude at that point. Right. Right. He was being carried. So yeah, he didn't, he wasn't the highest paid player, but he wasn't that guy. Things move on, win another Super Bowl or two. Anyway, Joe Burrow's gonna get his money. They gotta pay him. He's not, yeah, he's man. not, we're not gonna get a hometown discount. None they of that bull crap ain't gonna happen. All right. So Bengals fans out there, I love you. And I love the the thought and the wish. It ain't gonna happen. He's gonna make a, a lot of money. And in four years, it's gonna be a bargain. But it, they they're gonna get it done. This it's already been said. They want to get it done now. Get that done. Where does that leave us with this defense? Because a lot of these guys are defense. You got mm-hmm. both your safeties. You got your middle linebacker who all of a sudden learned how to play pass protection. Who mm-hmm. learned how to pass who not pass protection. I get you. Coverage. coverage. Yeah. What happens from here? Let's just start with the defensive free agents that you let go that you have to focus on. And then what is your idea on what, what happens in the draft and all that? So in my opinion, Bates is gone. Um, I mean, they, they, well, they, already drafted his, yeah. they drafted his and, and they tried for two years to sign him. Right. I yeah. mean, they, they gave their, in their opinion, their best effort to sign him and it didn't work and, and that's okay. And I, I don't think there's any animosity. I don't think there's any bad feelings or anything like that at all. It's like, we tried, it didn't work and you move on. So we, they, they drafted Dax Hill and you just keep it moving. Right. Yep. Um, I do believe that they make a pretty strong run uh bell because you would really hate to have two brand new safeties back there. Especially if uh, Anna Rumo stays, right? Um, and and Bell quietly is probably the leader of that secondary. Like we give a lot of praise to Jesse Bates, rightfully so, and the kid's great. But like Bell is that glue guy that that holds that whole secondary together. Um, so. I think they I think they go pretty hard for Bell. Bates is uh Bates is gone. Uh Apple, I think if a team comes offering Apple a multi-year deal, I think they they're fine with letting him go. But I will say this. If the first couple of weeks of free agency go by, nobody's really talking to Eli. Cheap. And you can get him on the same essential one year three and a half, four million dollars that they paid him this past year, and you can make him your number four corner because you got, be. you got Cheeto coming back. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Cam Taylor Britt took a huge step this year. You still got Mike Hilton, and then Eli's your first guy or second guy or first guy off the bench competing with either a rookie and or another person you bring in off the uh, off the street to, to compete. I'm perfectly fine with it. I have no problem with that at all. Um, I think Pratt is gone uh, because he wants to be a three-down linebacker. 
and in Anarumo's system. And I'm not saying the kid can't play three three downs. You're right. His pass coverage has been really great, and he's done all these things. But in Anarumo's system, for whatever reason, Anarumo feels like he's more of a two-down backer than he is a three-down backer. And so three-down backers get paid more than two-down backers, and I'm a three-down backer, so I'm going to go get paid. Yep. I get it. The guy, I get it. Um, outside of that, I mean, I think everybody else is essentially back. If if Flowers, you want to do a deal with Flowers, and Flowers wants to come back, fine. If he wants to walk, fine. Like I'm fine. I don't think. I think the last last year he was much more of a lockdown dude when it came to tight ends. Like, oh, he's the Kelsey stopper, and oh, he's he's this that, and the other. And then this year he was okay. He wasn't great, but he was okay. So if you can find a way to bring him back, cool. If not, that's fine. Um, I, I mean, that's yeah. I mean, defensively, that's that's basically where we're at. So that means that we're either looking in free agency for a linebacker, or draft the linebacker, and for Pratt. Well, so so here's your but but here's your linebacker depth right now. So you have Wilson, you've got Akeem Davis Gaither, you've got Marcus Bailey. You've got um, Joe Batchy. Um, so that's four. They usually I, only put. Yeah, but Batchy's like a, uh, he's one of those lower level free agents that is relatively easy to sign type of deal. Nobody's coming after Batchy. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, that's four dudes right there. You only, they usually only play two. So, and you throw in a draft pick, that's five. Yeah, you're fine. I don't so I don't really think I don't really think they have to hit free agency overly hard from a linebacker perspective. So is it corner still? Because we'll get yeah. We'll get yeah. So yes. I mean you'll get a Wouzier back, but he's coming off a knee injury. Who right? knows what it's gonna be? You yeah, got sure. you got Hilton who I'm gonna tell you right now, we don't blitz often, but when we blitz Hilton off that edge and he's on that tight cut up, it's it's either a a sack or a tackle for loss every time. Yeah, he dude's is, dope. He's I dope. He's that. in that role. Now, I will say this. That's his role, his, his That's his coverage, role. His coverage skills aren't tremendous. It'd be like if Eli Apple was able to blitz like him, we probably would like Eli Apple better. But Eli yeah. Apple wants to cheer and celebrate when he gets burned and the ball gets overthrown. Like he Correct. did something. Correct. <laughs> Sorry, that irritates me to know. <laughs> but that's why I like Hilton. So he's got a place, right? Third down, you, you're in you're in the dime. So you've got four out there. You you've got a safety come and cover. He can blitz off on third down. Perfect. I love it. Yeah. 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 So um, I think corner is a. If there was a, a a first round talent corner who fell to them at 28, I think they would be perfectly fine with taking that person. Um, I think if there was a rush end that fell to them at 28, they will be perfectly fine with that as well. Like somebody whose specific job it is to go get the quarterback. As much as we all love Sam Hubbard, as much as we all love Trey Hendrickson, as much as minus that last play, Joseph Osai seemed to be coming into his own. I, like like, I mean, like it played a hell of a game in that camp. That's season. a hustle play too, though. That's it a is. hustle. It is. All, it's I'm one of those play. plays. It's one of those plays as his coach. You tap him on the helmet and say, "That's a tough one, kid." Like, give me that effort every time. 
unfortunately, it was one step too late. But give me that effort every time. Um, but if you look at if you look at our division, you look at Pittsburgh, TJ Watt. You look at Cleveland, Miles Garrett. Like we don't have anybody of that caliber to go and disrupt the quarterback. I mean, look at the two teams in the Super Bowl. You got Chris Jones on one side. Um, you've got uh, what's the kid's name on uh, Everett? Said again. Everett isn't that his last name? Is that his? I can't remember the kid's name. Well, they got the, it's the two best defense. It's the two yeah. highest. But they, they, they had like seventy five. Yeah. Sacks or something. Or something Reggie White. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's it. That's it. Correct. Uh, they had 20 but, more sacks than the Chiefs, who were second in sacks. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's absolutely bananas when you think about coming after the quarterback. Um, and we don't we don't have anybody like that, right? Like Hendrickson is is very, very, very good. Hubbard. Very, very, very good. But do you game plan around those two dudes? And that's what I that's what this that's what this team needs. Somebody that you look at and go, oh crap, we gotta figure out how to stop that dude. And if we don't, he'll wreck the entire game, just like Chris Jones did for the Bengals. Exactly. exactly. He absolutely wrecked that that whole entire first half for the Bengals offense. And we don't have anybody like that who can do that to the opposing offense. Hassan Reddick. That's who I was thinking of. Yep. Yes. Sorry. Uh, I have a question. Is the biggest loss on the defensive side potentially going to be Lou Anaruma? If Lou, I think that would be the biggest loss as a team, period, if they were to lose him, only from the standpoint of, I think, you have an heir apparent on the offensive side. If Callahan were to get a job, I think they fully and firmly believe in Dan Pitcher as the next dude to step up and step in as offensive coordinator. Um, they have a guy named James Betcher, who I think is right up under Anna Rumo, but is not to the level that Anna Rumo is. Um, but what I did just hear today is that Arizona won't make an announcement on uh, won't decide on uh, their new head coach until after the Super Bowl. So my guess is, or my thought is, or my hope is, I should say, um, that they want to interview the Eagles uh, coordinators before making a decision, which would hopefully bode well for Anarumo. Are we Thank still? Are we still? Are we still not hiring Eric Bieniemy? Eric Bieniemy, that's who I thought you were going to say. No, we're not. Apparently, well, apparently, did you hear this? Eric Bieniemy is in the running for the offensive coordinator and the Commanders and uh, the Ravens. Why in the world would you leave the Chiefs' offensive coordinator spot to so, go to call so play? I guess the. The take is Andy Reid is Holding fairly hands-on. Yeah. Um, yeah. And whether true or not, the perception is 
Biennemi is more of a assistant in helping put things together, but really Andy Reid is the one he's, designing he's the a system coordinator. He's a system coordinator. So so how do you get yourself the a better opportunity? You go out and prove that you can do it on your own. Yeah. Makes sense. I got you. All right. Let's talk about the offensive side before we get you out of here because it's getting late, brother, and I ain't trying to keep you up too long. Offensive side of things. We thought we had the second half of the season, the offensive line was starting to put put it together, and they looked really good. Are we looking to do anything with this offensive line? Do we need to see where these guys come back health-wise? Is that a priority in the draft or in free agency? Or are we saying when these guys all get back together, I feel confident? Um, I think, one, I'm not super confident. So, one, Jonah Williams will be in his last year of his contract, so he's on his fifth-year option. Lyle Collins is coming, would be coming back from a late-season uh, ACL injury that you're not super confident about where he'll be from a, a rehab perspective uh, at the start of the season. Um, I think your your three guys in the middle, your Volson, uh, Karras, and Kappa, all three of those dudes should be back because Kappa potentially could have played in the Super Bowl. Uh, Jonah could have potentially played in the Super Bowl. So those guys feel like they they won't have much problem being ready for the start of the season. Collins is a question. So but is Jonah, are we still are we is anyone sold on Jonah Williams? Are you sold no, on Jonah? But, no, but you're paying him twelve point five million dollars and you you know what I'm yeah. saying? I mean, like in the grand scheme of things, and, yeah. and it's a fully guaranteed, fully guaranteed year. He's playing. Yeah. Barring barring injury or some sort of miracle that you know a rookie comes in and just beats him out and you're like holy crap we didn't see that coming type of deal he's playing right they're not going to go spend top top dollar on a starting left tackle to replace him is is basically what i'm saying so barring a rookie coming in and shocking them or or jackson carmen beating him out again i'm just saying these are the miracles that we're talking about these are the miracle levels that we're talking about Jackson, it was a joke. But again, he so it just goes back to my point of Jonah Williams is your starting left tackle. Yeah, you're right. I got you. I got you. I got you. Yeah. Um, there is a pretty big question mark on Lael Collins as to one, what will he be like? What, what will he look like? Two, he had the back issue all last year. Now you add in a knee issue. There's some question as to whether they even bring him back. I mean, you save like $10 million versus the cap if you don't even bring him back. So, um, you know, then you're looking at, yeah, either free agency and or drafting a a right tackle to to come in and play. Yeah. All right. Um, So what about – so you've got the Mixon P. Ryan thing. P. Ryan's a free agent. Uh, a lot of people with Cincinnati say he's the better running back. Um, I think they are both very good running backs. I still think Mixon is a very good running back. Um, but there's a lot of talk about Mixon, letting him go. What what would that do to the salary cap? 
keeping him, letting him go. And can P. Ryan be a three-down back? So uh, to address the first part of the question, if they cut him before June 1st, they save like seven, maybe seven and a half million dollars uh, against the cap, but they take a dead money hit of like five. I want to say it's like five and a half, five point seven five, somewhere in that general vicinity, just short of six million dollars. And we know the Bengals, and we know Mike Brown. They and don't. They don't like to do that. They yeah, don't like to do that. But but with that being said, though, they cut Trey Wayne's, and that was the. They they lost five million on that deal. So there are some things that are changing with the Bengals that we you need to take note of and realize what's going on, and what's happening. So, um, but if they make him if they make him a post June first cut, then they save ten million dollars versus the cap, and uh, he's like two. I think the dead cap is like two point five or two point seven five somewhere in there. Um, the only problem with making them a post June 1st hit is that that money is not available to you before June 1st. Exactly. Um, so they have a decision to make there if they decide to cut Mixon or whatever it is they decide to do with him. Um, me personally, I don't believe that paying Joe Mixon $12 million next year is worth the level of production that Mixon gave you this year. I just don't like I and I love me some Joe Mixon like that's my dude. I I enjoy his energy. I enjoy his personality. I enjoy all. He got his life put together too here. You know what I mean? He got his life put together. No matter what happened, this thing from whatever just happened. All all that aside, it's all dropped. All that that he got his life put back together. Right, and and I've enjoyed watching him become the person that he's become. With I'll that being just... said, with that being said, I'm in the business of being a fan of this team. And can you imagine this team with, hypothetically speaking, instead of Joe Mixon, Isaiah Pacheco? Instead of Joe Mixon, Sanders from Philadelphia. So you got to draft that, though. You've got to draft that. Sure, but you can draft it in the fourth round. The fourth round. The third round, you know? And save millions of dollars in doing so. And yeah. get potentially just as much, if not more, production. Yeah, potentially. Because, I mean, I don't know that if you I don't know, I don't know that if you get a top end running back out of this draft, which is gonna be second or third round. I don't know. Isaiah Pacheco was a seventh round draft pick. But I'm just saying. I'm saying if you are focusing on, like you're saying, my, I I need a running back because we're getting rid of Mixon. You're going to get a running back in the second or third round, potentially. Let's just say, or maybe you like a guy that's going to drop. Let's just say, even if you go third, that's still going to be a top five running back probably that's coming out of this draft. And we all know how many young. It it happens. Every single year, there's five, six rookie running backs that tear it up for yep. three years. Yep. And it's gone. Yep. It's mixing. It, it's that story of that. I'm I'm 100% in for that. I love Joe Mixon. I wish him nothing but the best. P. Ryan's a terrific blocker. As much as everybody loves him, he's 
He's a change it up back. He's not an, I don't personally think. Look, he's a, here's, how, here's how you describe P. Ryan. If you need three yards, he'll get you four. If you need six yards, he'll get you four. Yeah. <laughs> right? I, like I mean, that. that's, that, that's Samaje yeah. in a nutshell. Like yeah. he's not breaking off any super long runs. He's not super explosive. He's the grinded out, gritty, nasty, dirty yards. Yes, he'll catch a screen pass and take it 30 yards on some random play. But in general, if you need three yards, he'll get you four. If you need six yards, he'll get you four. And he'll put his face mask in the chin of a six foot seven, yeah. 400 pound tackle. And let's go. And he'll get you four yards. Yep. Well, that's, scary. that's not bad. Yeah, I'll take that. Hey, that's first down every three plays. Absolutely. Absolutely. First down every three plays. All right. There's value in that for sure. Hayden Hurst. I like him. He's also 30 plus years old. Um, May have. Yeah, he's like 30. He got drafted, played baseball, then went back to college, played four years in college. Got drafted, and this is his second year with the Bengals or third? No, this is his first year with the Bengals. Who was he with before the Bengals? Uh, I don't know. Uh, He he got drafted by Baltimore. Third or fourth year. Oh, then he went to Atlanta. Atlanta. He's been around that long? Yeah, so he went. So he was in Baltimore, and then they drafted uh, who's their – Beast of a tight end yeah. in Baltimore. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, that dude. And then he left there and went to Atlanta, and they messed around and drafted Pitts. Mm. So. All right. So, so are you signing a thirty-something-year-old, uh, long-haired, energetic, like a, a? I mean, but that's and I say all this as a joke, but energetic team guy yeah. Yeah. who's going to do whatever he can do. It all that all comes down to how much because there's a veteran he's at this point in time that puts him in that veteran cap right so there's a minimum that you have to pay him. Is he signing for that minimum to stay in Cincinnati or is he going to go find money? No, I would. I mean, I would let to me. I would be like Hayden. We'd love to have you back. Here's what we're willing to offer. Go out, see what you can get in free agency. If you can get more than what we're willing to give, kudos to you. Same same thing as they did with Uzama last year, right? Of like, CJ, we would love to have you back. Our fans would be completely heartbroken if you don't come back. But here's what we're not going to do. Pay you three years, $24 million. We're not doing that, right? And so if you can go out and find three years, $24 million, more power to you, we'll go find Hayden Hurst. And I think that's exactly what the Bengals would do this year is, Hayden, we would love to have you back. Our fans would be devastated if you left. But if you can go find a three-year deal paying you 20-plus million dollars, you know, to for the contract, more power to you, brother. We'll find somebody else. Yep. So that's more along the lines of a draft pick. As long as we don't draft another Drew Sample in the second round, then I'll be happy. Uh, I'm totally fine with that. I, I, I think the Bengals have come a, a long way. <laughs> Damn, that was in, a joke. I, was a bad yeah, joke. no, no. But I think they've I think they've come a long way in deciding the identity of the people they want in this locker room and what they and, need to win. 
and, and at this point at this point does does taylor actually like walk up and go he start walking around with a little bit of clout you know what i mean like hey this is my team baby i'm gonna tell you what fits in with my team does he got he got that pool with the browns now and uh what's his name who's not the duke gm toby. duke toby duke toby does he yeah. got so that i think pool? i think in listening to a couple of dudes like uh, Potts and Radicevich. So Potts is their dude over college scouting. Radicevich is their dude over pro scouting. Um, they are, they have a system. And like, one of the things I've always admired about the Pittsburgh Steelers, and I hate the Pittsburgh Steelers, but one thing that is undeniable is they find players who fit exactly who they are, right? Yeah. And you, you, I will hate James Harrison and then they replace him with the next James Harrison dude, right? Yeah. I will hate Troy Polamalu, and they replace him with Minka Fitzpatrick. And I will, like, whoever it is, I will hate that dude, you know, Heinz Ward, and next thing you know, you know 10 years later, now they got this Pickens dude. And I hate him too. But they find guys, and they fit those guys. The, the guys that they pick fit the mold of who they are as a team. And I think yeah. the Bengals have decided this is who we are as a team and these are the players that we are going after who fit what we do. Instead of trying to take a player and forcing him into the system, here's the system. Let's take dudes who fit the system. I love it. God, I hope that's it too. I hope that's it more than anything in the world. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> I love it. Sorry. I, I, I just keep thinking about the guy that poor Andre. I know. I apologize because I could do this right here. I'm telling you right now for another hour, and I'm trying my hardest because we're we've done. It's already been almost an hour. I want to let you get to it. I'll leave it up to you. If you want to do the Mount Rushmore, yeah. you're more than welcome to jump on this rope. We'll do it. We'll, we'll knock it out quick. Yeah. It's it's one of my it's a it's a fun Mount Rushmore this week. This is this is the weirdest Mount Rushmore ever. Well, you gotta understand, Andre. We've been doing Mount Rushmores now for close to a hundred episodes. There ain't a lot of Mount Rushmores left out there, brother. <laughs> not a lot. Valid. Valid. Not a lot. Yes. So uh, last week, I turned around, boom, right to my left. I see a bottle of cleaner. It just came to me like that. This week is gonna be household cleaners. All right. All right. So you are the you are the guest. Of the show, Andre. Right. What is your Mount Rushmore top four? Yeah, household cleaners. So, number one, I have to go with like just the classic of all classics. If you don't have it, I don't know what you're doing. But Windex, right off rip. Like the you got too many windows, you got too many mirrors. Got to have some Windex, right? Yeah. Uh, we have hardwood floors and a dog so one of the things that i use without question all the time is my swiffer like either swiffer okay. or swiffer wet jet either one don't matter i use them constantly um i also have two boys who can't always find the hole in which to urinate, urinate. So things just everywhere, all over the place. Um, I got a little boy. I understand. I, bro, it's amazing. Um, so just the regular general standard of bleach, 
like just bleach it, man. Like eliminate everything. It's a classic. Bleach that has some kind of flavor to it because that's a worse smell than bleach. Yeah, no, don't do that. No, no, no. no. I'm just telling you. No scent, no scented bleach, just regular bleach. Cool. And then, like my my new school addition to this whole piece is the uh, Mister Clean Magic Eraser. I don't know what that thing is made out of. Like I have absolutely no idea what happens. But you take a Mister Clean Magic Eraser and you can erase anything. I can erase the black off you right now with a Mister like right Clean now. Magic Right now, right now, that's no joke. Right now, that's we no would be joke. three white dudes. On a podcast, I'm telling you right, right now, I'm just I, telling you. I told my wife that the other day. I was like, This is the craziest thing I've ever seen in my life. It's nuts. I don't understand it. I don't know <laughs> no what it is. I have no idea what's going on. You get it a little wet, it cleans everything. And but it doesn't like take paint off, but it no. cleans itself off the yes. paint. Yes, it it's weird. Take, it knows what I it knows what I want to clean. Yes. It's insane. It's got it's AI. It's it's artificial intelligence. It's the weirdest thing ever, but I love it. He's got so I'll go next because two of his are on mine. The the Mr. Clean Magic Eraser and the Windex. Windex is a must. Yes. Must. My wife hates bleach, so we don't have bleach. She can't take the smell of bleach. We have a bottle of it, and I use it when I clean the bathroom. She hates it. I have to clean. With it, but I, so I'm not doing that. When I was a kid, we always had pledge. Always, my mom would go like, "Go dust," and it was pledge and a, and a, and a, a, a rag, a yeah. rag that has been used. Yeah, it may have been washed four times in my childhood. Maybe. That's it. Maybe, maybe, and it just sat on top of the bottle of pledge, and you sprayed every counter, everything down, and you wiped down. With the pledge, you ready? Yeah, we use pledge and an old sock. <laughs> <laughs> Put your hand Feels inside right. the sock. Feels right. Feels right. Feels that right. Was, the funny thing is, is we called it dusting. Like yes. at my house, it was called dusting. You got go. You're in charge of dusting the living room, and you grab pledge and you spray the whole living room down. Any hard service. Any hard service and wipe it yeah. down. Pledge, thousand percent is on mine, and I'm gonna go new school. I I hated this at first. We had a cat for a very short period of time, a couple of years. Coolest cat in the world till it started peeing in my house, and there's no worse smell in the world than cat pee. And we bought this stuff called Odo Bay. I'm gonna tell you right now. Not only is it a cleaner and disinfectant, 99% of the germs and all that, but bro, knock it out. It knock out that, that smell. Wow. Really? Killed. That's a hard smell. I spray that on the carpet. I spray it in a, on a hard surface. So we always have Odoban in the house now, and I just use it as regular cleaner. Probably never heard of it. I'm just throwing it out there. I don't know how it works. Again, I don't know how it works because that smells the worst smell in the world. I still got rid of the cat because I was tired of cleaning that shit. Yeah, that's cats suck. I hate cats. Correct. Told my wife when we got it, I hated it. The cool thing about the cat is it played with the dog. Like the dog would put the entire cat's head in his mouth oh and God. drag it around the house. Dusting. And then as soon as he dusting. let go, dusting. He was dusting. <laughs> and as soon as he let go of the cat's head, the cat would start pawing at him. Like, come on, I want to play some more. And he 
grab his head and dust a little bit more. <laughs> that was the cool thing about the cat because it was like a dog. And then it started doing that in my house. Out of here. The cat is swiffering. The dog is using the cat to swiffer the dog hair off. No, right. hair off. Yeah. Exactly. exactly. Perfect. So that's my fourth. That's my should have just sprayed it. You should have just sprayed the cat with Pledge and called it a day. <laughs> called it a day. I should have named him Pledge. His name was Noar. I should have named him Pledge and just sprayed him down. All right, boys, go ahead. That would have been good. Oh, my God. All right. I'm starting with I use these to, all, to clean almost everything in the whole house. Either the Clorox or the Lysol wipes. Antibacterial wipes. Yeah. For sure. Number two, we're Lysol wipes. We got Lysol wipes all the time. I go back and forth as long as they have the stuff on it. Mm -hmm. That's all I need. Um, Dawn. Dawn, it's technically dish soap, but you can use it to clean so many things. If you find a duck for, uh, that's covered in oil, Valid. I mean, you, can, Valid. you can squirt yes. all the Dawn on it. Back. Like you need to, you need to take a carburetor out of a car and put it in yeah. your sink and clean it. Like Don, Don, it, Don, it's amazing. Don, take Don with a little bit of hydrogen peroxide. Any stain you have anywhere, seven-year pit stains, scrub them out. Wow, that's just a throwaway for me. I don't, I don't mess with that. Um, <laughs> all right, I'm going. Um, I'm going when you have a drain that's getting slow. The Drano. the Drano or even the liquid plumber, but the gel. Every single time, every time you start getting a slow drain, pour the gel in there, leave it for 15. Wash you're, down. you're a thick haired fella, so I see oh, yours is constantly. I'm a, I'm yeah. a werewolf. I'm yeah. a werewolf. Yeah. So yes. Not as much hair as Andre has, but you're yeah. getting there. I don't, I don't think I don't think I experienced those same problems here. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm going. Last, I'm going the, so the bleach is great. And, but the good, good thing about bleach is they put bleach in all yeah. other, in so many yeah. other cleaning products. Yeah. Everything with bleach. And that's why it works. Um, I'm going with the Clorox Toilet Wand. Ooh. So you get the, you get the wand. You, you get, get the little V-neck. You get the Z-neck. Yeah. You get the attachment on it. It's the, got the little oh, scrubbing. Oh, scrubbing yeah. head. Hey. And it's to find out what kind of crazy, weird stuff they're going to talk about today. 
Uh, I'll tell you what, I'm a, I'm a different man than I was an hour and a half ago because of what Andre did when he first came on. Uh, I, I feel Cold like my, my life has changed. Cold chills. Um, yeah, that was awesome. That was as, as, as cool as we expected and hoped it would be. Called them golden pipes, but in all reality, they're platinum. Guys are so stupid. I love you both. <laughs> You're my favorites. For thank, sure. you. thank you we so much. You. Go to bed, we brother. We love you. All right, we'll talk to you soon. See you, buddy. Thank you. See you. All right. Andre Edwards, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to tell you what the man never, ever fails to make this the best podcast there is. I don't know how many times I'm going to. I, I, for the first like hundred episodes, I listened to every episode front to back. Oh, I'm listening to this. It's one. been it's been a while since I've listened <laughs> to, to the whole one. <laughs> I I might not listen to this whole thing, but I'm gonna listen to the first part of this podcast just to hear this maybe same. ten or twelve times. And that was with his with his, his tired voice, and he hasn't I, sung uh, like that in a long time. I mean, I'm plugging um, back in. I'm plugging back in while we're while we're live. Plug it in, I'm going to plug back in the microphones. I apologize. Here we go. And all right. So that, that should, uh, that, the, the, we, that should help with the sound a little bit more yeah. now with us. I feel like I was yelling a lot because I wanted to make sure he could hear us or yeah. anyone could hear us. But now that I've got the microphone in front of me again and the headphones back on, I'm feeling good. We've got to figure this Zoom thing out, man. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. The problem is we, we uh, the producer called in sick. Yeah. It, it's tough, man. I mean, everybody's having trouble finding help, and uh, we're the same. Yeah. Mean, if anybody calls in sick, we're a skeleton crew here. Skeleton crew, too. Uh, unfortunately, when someone doesn't call in sick, we're still a skeleton crew, <laughs> yeah, that's too. That's right. Uh, Adam, let's – okay, that was awesome, right? Andre's the best. Yeah. Let's let's get on to a segment that I'm really excited for. Yes. We always do the Reese's. We've got Reese's. It's usually at the very beginning. I got these a couple days ago. I hope they're not smushed. They're in my car. Uh, they're not going to be freezing cold like Adam's. Adam always brings me the best because he brings them straight out of the fridge, and that's the only way to eat any kind of chocolate. So we're going to go here. Here's what we got today, buddy. You ready for this? Do you have any idea what we got? No. They're big they're cups. Thick. Yeah. They're big cups, right? So we've got the big cups. This is the Reese's Puffs. Whoa. Big cup. Reese's Puffs Big Cup. Have you seen these anywhere? No. Neither have I until I was in Toledo. And like we said a lot, a lot of times some of this stuff is regional. You know what I mean? They'll yeah. let them out in certain really spots is. and we don't know what's going on. My dad sent me a thing saying they had Reese's Puffs Big Cups, but I haven't wow. seen them. I'm in Toledo. Boom. I immediately grab them. So we've got the Reese's Puffs inside the Big Cup Reese. Well, as we get started here, I want to know your opinion of Reese's Puff cereal by itself. It's upstairs. I mean, we had it. We've had it on the podcast. That is a staple in my house. My kids love it. One of of my daughters today was eating it without milk. So... All right, so you just took your first bite. I'm going to let you chew that for just a second before I jump into mine. Just looking at the Reese's, it looks like all the puffs are in the center. I'm just just look at that. It looks like all the puffs are in the center. So you got to take a decent bite to get to it. I'm sure you did. First bite, 
first impressions. He went for a second bite. Now I feel like I'm getting him in the middle of a bite, but that's okay. Reese's Puffs Big Cup. To me, first impression, outstanding. And why I think it might be is because I don't taste the Reese's Puffs very much. It's just a crunch. Mm-hmm. That's it. And it's a little bit of a crunch. It's not like a peanut crunch mm-hmm. or some kind of nut crunch. Like a crisp crunch. Which I love. Mm-hmm. I, I'd rather have that than a, than a heavy Me peanut too. crunch. Yeah. yeah. And you are still getting, I'm sure there's still a little more of a peanut butter and chocolate thing inside of the peanut butter. But it is disguised because this is the big cup. And there's a lot of peanut butter in there. I just dropped a little bit of this on the floor, but it's okay. I'll still eat it. <laughs> They're very small puffs. I dropped two tiny pieces on the floor. I picked them both up and put them back in here because I'm not going to eat them. I figured I saw you do it. I mean, right. if you use bleach to clean this floor, then maybe. Yeah. Maybe nope. it's all right. Nope. No. <laughs> but it is clean. Mm-hmm. That's You guys clean? Mm-hmm. Clean in here. It looks great. It is cleaner than usual. Um, all right, Adam. So, first impressions. Give me your what, – what, what are we doing this here? I'm just going to go right to it, and I'm going to say 9.8. Whoa! I'm going with a 9.5. I like the crisp, but I like the big cup by itself better. I like that little crispiness in there. I'm, I'm, I'm totally down for it. Like, I love a Reese's – not a Reese's, a Rice crispy Treat or something like that, you know, with a little – I love those. I It's – it's but but 9-6 is a great score, by the way. 9-5. Did I say 9-5? Mm-hmm. Oh, I meant 9-6. Okay. In my head was a 9-6. Can I go to 9-7? No, I'm kidding. 9-6 <laughs> is good. Can I go to 9-9? Nine, nine? Mm-hmm. Oh, man. That's impressive. Really good. You're in love right now. I really like these. Mm-hmm. That's a good job. Great fun. All right. So, Adam, we have options now. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's getting late. We're over an hour into the podcast. I'm going to leave the option up to you. Would you like to talk about the fact that LeBron James last night just broke the record, the scoring record in the NBA, or do you want to go straight to comedy? I'll take like, um, do it like uh, pardon the interruption and put a clock on it. Give us 60 seconds or something like that. Here's my 30 seconds. We all knew it was coming. It's an incredible achievement. Longevity, certainly. Greatness, certainty, certainly. Um, uh, you know, he, he's been – not even going to get into that part. It, it, it's, it's just a very impressive record. It's a very impressive – because for a long time, I think people thought that's probably never going to happen. But I'll tell you what. I think it's, it's maybe a lot sooner than it, than it took the length of time for somebody to break uh, – Abdul-Jabbar's record, there's a chance that LeBron's record could be broken in a shorter amount of time just just because of the way, the, the volume of scoring now. Yeah, I, I agree with that. The, the, and the volume of scoring in per game, which is up, 
And the fact that 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 scoring in each game is usually by one or two players where the bulk of the scoring comes from. And more and more, there are more three-pointers being taken too. Mm-hmm. Guys are practicing exclusively three-pointers, I feel like. I mean, yep. probably not really. But, but I mean, you know, with the three-point line and the, the use of the three-pointer as, a, as a, a key strategy in everybody's game, Crazy stat last night. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, in his career, made one three-pointer. That's one more than I assumed he made. One three. Because most of his career, the three-point line didn't exist. So here's my thing. So, so there's a lot of things I want to talk about. It wouldn't, blah, have, blah, mattered. Blah. It wouldn't have mattered. But I, and there's a lot of things I want to talk about. I had a guy today, I, Parker, my son, at basketball practice. He wore his LeBron James shirt, his T-shirt with the LeBron James number and, and Lakers on it. He wore his Lakers sweatshirt. He's finally – we've talked about this before where he was, he, he was kind of hurt because everybody said he sucked and he felt bad for not for liking LeBron James. He's kind of uh, um, taking on the role of, all right, what about now? <laughs> so that was his thing today was he said, I'm going to go up and tell everybody, oh, who sucks now? He's got the scoring record. Had a dad come up and tell me today uh, he, wanted to, he wanted to compare the fact that MJ couldn't come out of high school. He spent three years in college and all the stuff like that. And I said, I, you know – Say whatever you want. You say whatever you want. It didn't happen. Like Kareem came out before MJ did, and he had it. It just didn't happen. And and then I came, and then there was a lot of people talking about how physical the game used to be. And LeBron, it's not as physical now. First off, LeBron is as big a monster as there is. His game would translate, I feel like, even if you take the threes away. Second off, it's not like Kareem was the most physical cat there was. I mean, his his liter- his his patented shot was basically trying to get away from physicality in the hook shot, right? I mean, to, to you know, it's not a it's not a he's not a, a, a he's not big, trying to power through. He's not a Wilt Chamberlain, just a big giant guy who's going to fight through whatever, get a rebound, put it right back up, make the basket every time. No, he's he's going to be ten feet out and give you the sky hook. Mm-hmm. I'm just I'm just saying it's still today, even today. I had four people today, customers, that dad, other people, uh, no, uh, two dads, a couple customers that still don't want to give this man his props. Can we just say this is unbelievable? Great job. Sure. I put on a thing. I don't post anything on Snapchat or any of that stuff, but I was watching the game, made sure I had it. G S O T O A T, right? We don't need to call him the goat. I'm not gonna call him the goat. G, the greatest scorer of all time. Oh, here's what it is. He's got the most points of all time. He's the greatest the scorer points. of all time. He has the most points of all time. You don't think that he's been unstoppable for even in that game last night? Did you watch any of it? Uh, I turned it on when he had six points to go, and I fell asleep about probably 90 seconds after he made. I fell asleep pretty quick afterwards, too. We didn't miss anything afterwards. I knew they were going to lose that game. Just felt it felt like they had already had it lost. And I know that it is. And that's a big another thing is it feels fitting that it's the for the season for this Lakers team. Last two years. Yeah. Yeah. It's LeBron and, you know, LeBron is great. LeBron can do a lot. 
but you, you can't win with one guy. I mean, MJ needed Scotty. You know what I mean? Like whatever you want to say, people need somebody and AD's not that guy. AD, and then you start seeing all this stuff today. He didn't even stand up. He was sitting on the bench the whole time. This whole thing was going on. Never got up to do anything. You know, Pat Beverly's got his phone out there recording it and all this other stuff. And he never even got up. And now it's like, okay, well, AD's out. Like, obviously, there's some beef here. Something happened. Something's going on. You know, how fast can they get rid of AD? And I'm telling you right now, if I'm a Lakers fan, and I'm not a Lakers fan. Look, I pushed the whole LeBron thing on here just because of the he's so polarizing, and I like to take that side of it, of him. Uh, and I do it in my everyday life. Tell people, like, like, when people start getting upset, like, he's top five in assists. He's top five in steals. He's the number one scorer of all time. Like, he had three or four steals in that game. I don't know. So you didn't watch. So in the first half, he had like three steals in the first half. He's he's top five in so many stats. Like you cannot tell me LeBron James is not great. You can't do it. I'm sick of that. No. Yeah. I, anybody who who doesn't think he's a great player or one of the greatest of all time. He's one of the greatest of all time. Doesn't. There's no nobody can rationally make a case for him not being that. It's, right. Pe- most people, I think, don't like him because. There are a lot of people that don't like famous, popular people. There are a lot of people that don't like him for speaking out, you know, speaking Pol- his politically on, wise, politically and socially. Yeah. There's also a lot of people that don't like him because they say he cries like a baby all the time. Guess what? And he does watch but, the NBA, watch yeah. any other NBA game. A lot of guys. LeBron think. James is known and is the most popular person in the league. Watch the whole NBA. It's nothing but crybabies. They're all whining and crying every play. Draymond Green might be the worst of all of them. So right before we, uh, maybe an hour before we started here, uh, coming off of that loss last night, one day after LeBron James broke the scoring record, the Lakers are finalizing a deal to land Minnesota's D'Angelo Russell, Malik Beasley, and Jared Vanderbilt in a trade including Michael uh, Mike Conley and picks to the Timberwolves and Russell Westbrook and a lightly protected 2027 LA first round pick to the Jazz. Wow. So Westbrook, Westbrook is in Utah um, and uh, the Lakers are getting D'Angelo Russell, Malik Beasley, Jared Vanderbilt. D'Angelo, D'Angelo Russell comes back to comes LA. Comes back to LA. Comes back to LA. I don't know. I don't know that that, yeah, I don't, that doesn't kind of sound anything. I mean, it doesn't sound like they made a, it doesn't sound like Splash. No. Uh, Malik Beasley might be good, but um, might be a good fit, but I, I yeah, I mean, it, it really, the biggest thing is that Russell Westbrook's out of it. That's the biggest part of that trade. I get it, but as of the other, and, and I'm going to tell you right now, watching Russ, he's still got that first step, and he's still explosive. He missed four easy layups when he was getting to the basket. with He was getting to the basket with ease, but missed every time. he was. It just, something didn't look, I have not watched a lot of NBA this year, but it didn't look like – it looked like Russ when he got the ball in his first two steps, but it did not look like Russ around the rim. He's got a little Chuck Knobloch deal going, huh? Have got a little yippy thing going, and he hit two threes, which was weird. Yeah. So it was like a weird – He can airball a three or hit it off the side of the backboard, or he can knock one down from 40 feet sometimes if mm-hmm. he wants to. Yeah. Those years that he was by himself in uh, – in OKC, OKC when yeah. he was averaging a triple double every year, he was making game winners from 35 feet away. Mm-hmm. And but then also 
you're losing games sometimes because he'll shoot you. He'll shoot 21% from the field. You know? He'll shoot you out of a game. That's the other thing about LeBron is he's so efficient. He's not putting up a ton of shots all the time. His, his field goal percentage is he's incredibly high. And for a for a wing, right? And you call him a wing, call him a three, four, whatever you want to call him. Definitely. The guy can play. He he is a one, two, three, four, and five. He even said that yesterday. Oh, I didn't hear. But yeah, yeah, that's that's him. I mean, he you can't put a number on LeBron James. He plays every single position. Yeah. And he he was eleven for seventeen when he broke the record. Like that's incredibly efficient. That is very efficient. Yeah. Yep. And and you know, you think about guys that put up a ton of scoring for years and years and I'm not putting Michael into this, but you look at guys like Allen Iverson and even Carmelo Anthony, guys like that, that won scoring titles. And, but they put up, you know, 30 shots a game, 25 shots a game. Like you're going to drop something pretty decent when you're shooting at a, at a high rate like that. Mm-hmm. Anyway, <clears throat> I just wanted to give my man his props. Congratulations, LeBron James. I know a lot of people dislike him for whatever reason you want to dislike him. I don't care. I, I like, I'm just talking strictly basketball. Yeah. I'm not saying anybody's the GOAT, although I heard somebody really cool describe what they said. I think it was Chris Canty. And I text myself because I wanted to. Oh, yeah, bring that up. So how would you describe what you would how, – how you would base your rating for the greatest of all time? Like, What would you – what are your things you're looking at? To call somebody the goat, which is starting to get really annoying, by the way. It was annoying like eight years ago when everybody started saying it constantly. So I apologize um, for doing this then, but no, <laughs> no, at the same time, <laughs> but we're talking greatest. It's, it's much easier to swallow when you say greatest of all time. Yeah. Cause yeah. Um, that's, that's really hard to say. Uh, it seems like it should be very simple and it's, you know, just somebody who, can take control of a game almost at any time, control the game on the offensive and defensive end, I think, and um, whose team wins a lot because they do what they do. Right. So, um, and, and wins championships and wins in the finals and goes sure. to the finals a lot. Yeah. So, Chris Canty said competitive greatness. Being the best when the game is on the line and leaving a lasting impact on the game. Michael Jordan left as lasting an impact on the game as there is, not just on the basketball side, but on the business side. Mm -hmm. He is the original brand, right? I mean, he, I mean, literally to this day, he signs people to his brand and that's how they start their brand. Right. right. Like everybody talks about what's my brand. You need to have your brand when you become an athlete. Now that's how you make extra money. He's the originator of that yeah. in my mind. That's a lasting impact. Uh, obviously we know he's a stone cold killer when it comes to anything else, but uh, so who would you say if you had to say the greatest of all time quarterback, would you say Tom Brady right now? Do you just automatically say Tom Brady? Uh yeah, probably. Yeah. So if you had to say greatest of all time basketball, you would say Michael Jordan. Yes. Right. Would you say that a big part of the reason Michael Jordan is the greatest of all time over LeBron James is because he won six? He was in six and won six. Is that part of it or is there more to it? Is that a big part? Is that the biggest part of it or is there more to it? No, it's a it's definitely part of it. It's a big part of it. 
but there's de- there's way more to it. And I think the way he did it, I think the the type of player he was, the fact that he could dominate on both ends of the floor, his IQ was incredibly high. He was he was just like um, I I I don't really like the term alpha alpha or alpha male, but it is a thing, and he was that, and he it was like he controlled everything. And that it's not, he's not the greatest because of that, but what he got out of himself and his team was because of that. You And you don't think LeBron could be on that same level as getting something out of his team. Look at the teams in Cleveland that he took to the finals for years and years and years that you don't think that was him getting the best, the, the absolute ultimate out of his team. Yeah. I mean, he made a lot of guys better for sure. Um, but it was, you know, his, his teams were a lot of him doing everything and then everybody else kind of filling in here and there. Um, at least those Cleveland teams, those early Cleveland teams. Um, and even, then, the, even the later Cleveland teams. In the la- yeah, in the later Cleveland <laughs> I mean, you I mean, say, you say whatever you want. With Kyrie, outside Kevin of – yeah, you're right, you're right. You're right. Yeah, 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 Kevin Love, but Kevin Love was more like Chris Bosh, right, where Kyrie they, they was David Stark back. Kyrie was, was, was Dwayne Wade. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but, but Michael had everybody on his team and he had way fewer household names and stuff. I mean, he had a hall of famer and Scotty for sure. And Dennis Rodman. Um, but he got so much out of other guys and they were not only really good offensively, but they were just as good or better defensively. Sure. It's different. It's different games. And it was because Michael demanded that. Yeah. hundred percent. I totally agree with that. And so, and I'm just I'm just throwing all these things out there, right? Sure. I'm just putting this out there. We're not even debating. I get I'm not course. debating. I am 100 percent I'm not debating yeah. that because that's not a debate in my mind. Right. It's not a debate. I'm gonna tell you. So I heard another thing that was pretty cool today. A guy was talking about somebody came out and go, Well, Michael went to six and won six. That's it. That's the that's the over the yeah. top, right? So I agree. So he says that, and Chris Canty says, All right, who's the goat in the NFL? And he says, Tom Brady, are you kidding me? He went to well, he goes, Joe Montana went to four and won four. Mm, and what it like he went to four and one four. Guess what? Tom Brady went to eleven and won seven. Whatever you want to whatever it is, Looking right? For, for percentages yeah. here. Yeah. Or? But Tom Brady, but the guy was talking about how many he went. So you're gonna make it's just like everything else. You're gonna find the stat that makes your point. Sure. And there's always gonna be another stat on the other side. Mm-hmm. Uh, LeBron James is one of the greatest of all time. He's I put him on the Mount Rushmore. I, it's almost hard not to. Yeah. Longevity is part of it. That's part of being on there. You can't be on the Mount Rushmore and play for seven years. You can't do it. It's not going to happen. You, you can't be on there. You have to prove it. Do it, prove it, and be it. Mm-hmm. He's averaging 30 points a game at 38 years old. Yeah. It's insane, yeah. right? It's insane. Top five assists, top five steals. Number one scorer of all time. I it he you just give the man his props. You don't have to like him. Just give the man his props. That's all I want to say. Congratulations, LeBron James. Yeah, absolutely. Can we be done with this? Yep. Thank you. <laughs> all right. Let's talk about. Uh, I'm super stoked for this. By another the way. Uh, another guy. Let's who's talk about another goat quickly becoming one of the all time <laughs> greats in his profession. I put him on the Mount Rushmore of of current comedians. I put him on mine, and I was really nervous when I did it because it was last week, and we were watching his special this week, and we have been let 
down by a ton of comedians on their second or third special where we're just like, Oh my God, that's not what I thought it was going to be. Yeah. And, uh, uh, I'm not. All right. Let's just, I'll let you start. Let's go. It was Nate Bargatze. Uh, what was it? Welcome home or, or uh, hello, hello world. world. Hello world. Yeah. Nate Bargatze. Now I'll tell you this. I went to Columbus to go see him uh, last year. And I was really, 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 really hoping that the golf, the golfing joke was going to be in this. Cause that was my favorite joke of the night there. And was probably my favorite. Actually, I laughed harder at, the, and this is another thing I really like. Like the best, the joke I laughed the hardest at was the door at the end. That that was the joke I laughed the hardest at. It was the last joke. Finished it with it. The one before it was the one I laughed second hardest at, and it was the golf stuff because I'm a golfer and a lot of it is just. I'm sorry. Can go ahead. No. I, I don't want to talk about jokes too much in this. I don't <laughs> I want to. I know there's a lot of them. He does a good job of telling a lot of different stories. Yeah. Yeah. The, the smart and dumb part of your brain. Oh, so good. Yeah. <laughs> I, let's see. Oh yeah. I like the one where he's, he was talking about that. And he's like, it's like a conjoined twin, uh, throwing a surprise birthday party for the other twin. <laughs> that was the best <laughs> analogy I'd ever heard. <laughs> That's that's just one, and then I yeah I wrote down the the golf wife stuff. And he's like, four holes, four holes just, just a driver. driver. You don't even have to be a golfer to be like he's like a he's like I chipped up, and then I luckily putted my or I, I got a lucky seventh putt. So good seventh place, I just yeah. grabbed the head. <laughs> I looked like I was. Oh. Anyway, all right. Um, I don't want to t- I don't want to carry on too long with this because. Yeah. I'm going to tell you this with, about this special. This is on Amazon Prime. I told you that Nate Bargatze's on my 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 Mount Rushmore of current comedians. If I were to do a Mount Rushmore of comedians, he's on that right now as well. Like all this, time, all time. This right now, I I I'll just tell you. I don't know that I've ever done this. I laughed out loud at every single joke. There was not a single joke I did not laugh out loud to. I spit sunflower seeds twice <laughs> out of my mouth while I was eating. Twice spit sunflower seeds out of my mouth. Mm. This may be the very first five I've ever given. <laughs> wow. I give this a five. This was the best. This is the best one I've heard. I loved it. <laughs> I'm Adam's going to give it like a 3.1 or <laughs> something like that. Get my pen out because I have to make sure I write down this five. Um Never given a five out. This I I'm telling you, and it's not just because I love Nate Bargazzi. I laughed at every single joke, and not just in my head, out loud. Like I found myself out loud laughing at all. Maybe there was two jokes that I smiled at, but there's 12, 15 jokes in there. I laughed out loud. Uh I gave this so I I pretty much don't give fives because I, I always expect there. What if there's something better? hundred percent. Yep. And I, and I feel that way too. I'm the same way, but I'm going to tell you right now. Anyway, go ahead. this is, and I think we've had some pretty good ones. Um, this is the best one we've had in a long time. And I laughed out loud more at this one than I have with a lot of them. Uh, most of them. And, um, 
I gave it a 4.6. I almost that's feel like that's incredible. Enough, that's yeah. incredible for score. Me, very a 4.6 for either of us is an incredible score. Yeah. I might just drop mine to a 4.9 just so if there's somebody else out there that ever gets it. I know. You know what? I gave it a five. I gave it a five. <laughs> it's the greatest. It, this, I've had a blast. I la- I laughed out loud the entire time. <laughs> I can get you to change your 100% score you with can. whatever look I yes, give you. You can. Yourself. Yeah, you could. Actually, if you would have gave that a two or something, I'd have been like, you're an idiot. That's a five. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. I mean, it was so, so good. That you, was, it, it was great. I'm, I'm probably overhyping right now. But the fact that I, that you that you also gave it a four point six that's a huge number. We don't go over four point two like a really good stand up special is like four point two four point four for both of us. Yep. That's a really good one. Like Deion Cole's last one was really good, and and uh, what's his name, uh, Bill Burr, really good. Yep. But we were in that probably in that four two to four four range on both of those. Yeah. Yep. Man, I. If you like comedy at all, stand-up comedy, this is one to watch, and it's clean. You can watch it with anybody. That's the best part about it. That might be the next best part about it. That, that's great. He's it, able to do this without dropping 37 F-bombs. He even he even has jokes it's about a, that. It's a, a, there's a joke about I don't say sucks because <laughs> I, I couldn't say it when I was growing up, and I just still don't say it. And I actually kind of feel that way, too. Yes. I just said it earlier when we were talking to Andre, but I was like, I feel weird when feel I say weird, that because right? I, yeah. I know at some point either my mom or maybe it's yeah. grandma or somebody. Yeah. Like, if, like, if one of don't our, say that word. That's the thing. If that, if because we grew up as, as Christian Catholics in the 80s and 90s, it's the same yeah. thing he was talking about. Like, that's for sure. Like, I don't cuss around my mom. No, no, I don't no, do it. No, I do around my dad, but my dad not, was never Catholic. And so, <laughs> but I, I like I don't cuss around my mom. I don't I don't say God around like I like I don't say, oh, my God. I correct my kids when they go, oh, my God. No. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Right. It's oh, my gosh. Don't say that because if grandma hears you say it, she's going to think I told you how to say that. And then I'm going to get in trouble. <laughs> yeah. And then he says he had to sit down his sister and his mom and dad. So I don't think you guys should be hanging out anymore. <laughs> You're a bad influence. I love, love. Because they got tattoos. They got, I'm gonna, it's, I love it. When I got my tattoo, the scariest moment. Was showing your mom. Scariest moment was going home. I immediately went home to mom and dad. I was 20. 20 or 21 years old and I was scared to death to go home because I knew my dad would be so mad that I got a tattoo. Yeah. I showed him what it was and he was still super disappointed. But you got the best the, the, they couldn't be mad at there's me. Anything, say that. Could yeah, be there's mad anything at me. that they couldn't be mad yeah. at. So. Couldn't be mad at me. And I always said if I'm getting a tattoo, I'm gonna get a tattoo, it's gonna mean something. Sure. It has to I can, I'm not just getting a rose on my arm or something like that. It's right. not happening. Right. So Anyway, I got the tribal one on my back, but other than that, yeah. I'm not getting anymore. Yeah, I mean, but but your but that tramp stamp means a little something to you. It does. <laughs> it means I can wear short short shirts and low rider jeans. <sighs> low rider jeans, baby. <laughs> ah, short shorts and short shirts and low rider jeans. Right. Yeah, crop top, low rider jeans. That's that's what I wear. Yeah. So I make sure I make sure everybody sees my tattoo on my back. Yep. Well, if they're low rider jeans, they probably see your whale tail hanging the back too <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh on that note my friend we've got to come up with a mount rushmore and we have to come out with a comedy special yeah we do uh i think is it my turn for comedy yes you've got comedy okay i've got mount rushmore do you have a mount rushmore ready to go i was thinking about one and there's um 
it would be fairly easy for us. I don't know how entertaining for everybody else, okay. uh, for some folks, uh, because we, a lot of our listeners are from the same area we're in. Yeah. Um, so it might be okay for that. Uh, it's going to be nasty, something natty. Yeah. It's going to be something. Oh, I just kind of had another idea, but okay. it's going to be one that is going to be, it might be fun for you. You are a giant Xavier Musketeer basketball fan. Uh, yeah. Yes. Um, what's going to be different about this, though, is it's not going to be the Mount Rushmore of Xavier basketball players. It's going to be the Mount Rushmore of University of Cincinnati basketball players. Oh, boy. This is fun. I'm super. I'm actually pretty stoked for this. Yeah. So because my mind is not going to be probably what 99% of UC basketball. I know who my number one is, and it's not Oscar Robertson. It's not Nick Van Exel. It's not Melvin Levitt. I'll tell you who my number one is right now. I'm going to let you know who's on my Mount Rushmore. My favorite UC basketball player of all time is Herb Jones. Herb Jones. Long time. Loved Herb Jones. That was like he was on uh, some really good UC basketball teams. We beat them a lot as Xavier, but that was one dude that I just, he was a hustler. He was always on the ground. I, I loved, I actually liked Herb Jones for I, UC. And I don't like a lot of UC players yeah, at all. Sure. Very, very, very few, but I'm going to, I'm, I'm throwing, I'm just gonna let you know he's on there. Good. Great. I love it. I, I, I find this one interesting because of your, I mean, I could easily do who I think the Mount Rushmore of UC basketball players are. However I mean, you want to do easy. it. Yeah. If you want to do it that way. I mean, there are two that are easy to me. Sure. Everybody else. Obviously, they're, they're, you have there's two right off the bat. Can. Yeah. There's two right off the bat. And then you probably got five that you can put in the next two. Sure. Uh, but I, yeah, I did think it's interesting because it's the rival of your favorite team. Yeah. I feel like that'll be fun mm-hmm. to hear what you think next week. Yeah, I mean, is it really a rivalry anymore? I feel like the rivalry is almost gone. <laughs> and it starts already. <laughs> Here we go. I mean, you gotta you have to lose a few games for it to be a rivalry, don't you? It's cyclical. It'll come back. Get careful now. It'll come back. When I'm dead. <laughs> when you're dead, you see because be I'm gonna tell you right now, it ain't happening in the next few years because the Bearcats are not good. Hey, takes one good recruiting class, you know. Okay. It's the next Fab Five, which, by the way, just in the last six months, maybe less, I found the Holy Grail since I was six years old. I've been wanting Michigan basketball shorts, the ones that the Fab Five. Yes, the yellow. So I wanted the blue. Oh, oh, I like the the yellow too. You like the aways. So the yellow, I just saw for the first time three, four months ago, right? I'm like, holy cow, I've never been able to find these available. That anywhere. was your team. I mean, that was your team as a kid. That was my team as a kid. Um, I, I, I didn't pull the trigger on the yellows. I, I think I found a place that orig- somehow sometime had blues sold out. They didn't even – by the time I saw them, sold out. The other day – Ad on Facebook. I forget what website it is. Mm-hmm. One of the big ones, and they had the blues. They had the blues. I, I did you get them? I didn't get them. <sighs> wow. Well, it's because because I met. Here's my imagination on this. Tell because me. Xavier's been doing this. 
and I won't buy a pair of Xavier basketball shorts anymore. Not because of the length. I know that's the first thing most people probably think. If you if you're a diehard listener, I gotta have a I gotta have a short below the knee. Uh, you know what? I've got some shorts that are at the knee now. They're they're Xavier shorts. I love them to death. I don't wear them as much as I wear other shorts. I'll wear them during Xavier games and maybe wear a longer shirt so I can get a little tuck down on them. But a pair of when you're buying a pair of these shorts now from Michigan or from Xavier, from where they're like fifty to eighty dollars oh, for a yeah. pair of shorts. Oh yeah, that right there is enough for me to go. Huh, those are sweet. Not happening. Yeah, um, these are. I'm trying to remember. For I know a pair I took a of gym shorts. Yeah, I, and these are these are the uh, authentic ones. Right. That's how the, the ones that I've been getting here lately, I've got the white with the, with the baby blue running man, not the baby blue. Uh, what do you call that? Royal blue yeah. running man. I've got, uh, and, and a lot of these are Christmas presents from my mom and dad are, are just, you know, I've got the black that they wear now a lot. I've got a lot of different ones. Regularly one twenty five. Oh, with the code passes. Whoa. 9374. $93.74. Chris Weber, Mich- they describe him as Chris Weber, Michigan Wolverines, Mitchell and Ness, 1991 authentic shorts. Then they better be long because Webb, that, that's where the long came from. I mean, that started at Michigan in that Fab Five. That's where they came from. Yeah. Those are it. I love Those it. Those are the ones. I, you know, I'm still thinking about it. I, j- I just can't pull the trigger on a pair of shorts for that price. I just can't do I mean, I, I talked to somebody about it. I sent those it's to insane. somebody and I said, I've been looking for these shorts for like 35 years. And they're like, if that, if it's been that long buy three pair, I'm like, sorry, I'm not paying $300. I can't, I can't pay I'm not doing, no. three or whatever. I wouldn't do it. Either. I love them. Listen, you love them. They are what they are. Sometimes you just got to have a little Easter egg that you're always looking for, man. <laughs> yeah. That's not bad. You know what I mean? That's not bad. Yeah. Yep. When it's right, when the time is right, you'll know it. Man, I, sure I, so I, mean, I mean, if I never see him again, though, I don't know. Every, anything's possible now, so mm-hmm. probably always be there. All right. All yeah. right. It's my turn. I don't I don't know, man. I'm I'm struggling here. Uh, I'm not finding a lot of good. Uh, is there some new comedy that I'm missing? There's always a new comedy. Yeah. What am I missing here? We uh, can do something old, too. I mean, you I'm like just going to do something. It's, it's got 2022 on it. It could have been the end of 2022, so it may be halfway new. Uh, I don't know who this guy is. Veer Doss. Oh, yeah. Veer Doss. Okay. Veer Doss Landing on Netflix. Um, let Came out last year sometime in 2022. Oh, Veer. I, thought, I thought it just came out in, like, the last two weeks it says 2022 on here i i mean where it's at on my phone looking at the app it seems like it would be relatively brand new but it says 2022 on it so either way yeah could have been december uh veer dos landing let's go with it i love guys that you know all the comedians because you listen to all the podcasts Mm -hmm. i love when we come across one that's I, I just looked on Netflix. He's got like four Netflix specials. Yeah. So it's not like he's brand new, but I just haven't come across him. So I'm excited about this. Are you a Pete Holmes fan? Uh, a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I, I like, so he, is he uh, like Pete Holmes can be a little aggressive sometimes. Like, can't he? Not aggressive, eh, but he's a, he's a fun, silly guy. 
Is Pete Holmes the one? Yeah, he's a fun, silly guy who kind of looks and sounds like uh, Ritter. Uh, yeah, John Ritter. Ritter. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I like Pete. I like him. I like Pete Holmes a lot. Uh, he quotes Veer Doss a lot. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, this should be good then. I think so. Yeah. I think it'll be good. Not, I don't know if it's going to be a five, but it's I'm not going to be any Naper Getsy. Yeah. Dude, I, I maybe I'm a homer. Am I a homer in this case? Tell uh, me. Tell me. Don't lie to me. Am I a homer? Look, if you have a favorite comedian. You're gonna be biased. You're gonna rate them high. But I love. But they have to be good. I 100. If, this, if yeah. it wasn't that good, you would not have given. Them I no I chance. That. I would never do. I I would never do that. No, no. Ah, I know. I think I'm being biased. I'm not going down to a four it and was nine. Great. Though. It was awesome. It was. I great. loved it. It's my favorite one that we've done yet. Wow. Probably since the Tennessee kid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, I remember. The uh, Kings of Comedy, the original Kings of Comedy, getting really high scores from both of us. Oh, you know that what? You're right. That might have been. Well, and I, I don't know that this was. I mean, this was this was as good as any of the. But those are all like 15, 20 minutes, right? They're not. That was different. Yeah. Yeah. They. Yeah. There were four guys on that. It was. Yeah, and they could. They could. They could get their best twenty minutes out. Not rock out a whole hour. But I'm going to tell you right now, original Kings of Comedy. Whew, one of the best ever. Yeah, hundred percent. Yep. All right, Adam. On that note, we've got uh, Veerdos landing. We've got the Mount Rushmore of University of of the University of Cincinnati basketball players. I don't know, classy. Um, actually, you can't say the anymore because Ohio State tried to copyright the word the in front of it. Is that the stupidest thing you ever heard in your life? Yeah, it's pretty silly. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So till next week. Oh. By the way, Dad said I need to come up with a new uh, with a new finishing line. It's time to time to kill the uh, yeah. So we're gonna have to find something. It's only been three or four years, so we have to find a way to, to 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 come up with something new. But until then, don't forget to turn your headlights on.